Hey ladies and gents, and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. Episode 142, as always, or at least this week, uh, we're joined by Dom. Winter is here, you guys. It is, it's here, and it's cold. Uh, winter, yeah. <laughs> and C-. Jordan. C-. C-. And Jordan. Dom, I'd have to disagree with you, because uh, we're headed towards the summer months, which means that I've got... A line in Kugel's Summer Shandy. You went that route, huh? Summer Shandy. Line in Kugel. Ah, delicious. One of those. Line in Kugel, my favorite pasta. Bro, if you talk <laughs> shit about the Summer Shandy or the Grapefruit Shandy or any Ooh. of the various Line in Kugel Shandies, <laughs> we're going to have lots I will, of issues. I will never be first the name of Line in Shm- What is it? Line in Schmoogle? Line in Kugel Shandies. <laughs> line in Kugel Shandies. I'll never do Grapefruit? it. Grapefruit? is very good i definitely get you there yeah. Yeah. uh summer shandy's good it's better when you're on a boat um that's what i'm saying is like i'm getting into that vibe you know i'm <laughs> i'm getting into the summer vibe a little early here i could see you sitting on a nice boat just chilling in a muscle shirt drinking nice shanty just you know observing the waves Shandy. I'm all about those muscle shirts, boy. <laughs> all about it. Got to show the guns. Got to got to send out those invites for the gun show. Um, Dom, you weren't here last week, so you want to start us off letting us know what you've been playing the last couple of weeks? Uh, just one thing. Just one thing. Sekiro. And Jared, let me tell you. Our boy Genichiro. Have you passed him? Genichiro. Oh, no. This mother... Mm. Can I give you a tip? Can I give you a yes. tip, Jared's tips and tricks? Let's do um, it. So, uh, Jordan, plug your ears. Or, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's not. It's not too spoilery. Because <laughs> uh, it's just. It's just. Uh, you know what? It, Fuck it. Yeah, it's combat tips and tricks. Here, I'll just turn the volume down on my headphones for the next fifteen seconds. I'm gonna count to fifteen. Okay. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Uh, so, Dom, uh, the first two phases are obviously just about deflecting and attacking, right, and getting his uh, stamina bar down, or his uh, posture bar down. Have you made it to his third stage? Yeah, I actually just did not long ago. Um, but so, really quick, quickly, his attacks were so fast in the third stage, but what I struggle with... And I'm back. We got past the spoiler yeah. stuff about the actual perfect, perfect. parts of the fight. Okay. Yeah, go ahead, Dom. So the part I struggle with for the throughout the first two through four, uh, blah blah blah. Um, the part I struggle with, I almost, I almost. Blew you just talk about straight combat. It's fine. Just yeah, it's fine. <laughs> the uh, I forget what they're called, but you know when the big symbol comes on the screen and like they're, uh, they're perilous like, attacks. Perilous. That's the word. Yeah. Yeah, I struggle with those for him because he has like three different kinds. Um, yeah. And obviously the the thrust you want to counter, but I struggle with identifying the thrust versus the you know the slash and then the grab. Like that's what screws me up. And by the end of, by the end of you know. Uh, Something, I am all out of health and all yeah. out of heals. So then I'm screwed by the time you don't, hey, you don't the have to think too the much. Yeah, yeah. It, if you're talking, the only thing I want to I want to avoid spoilers with is like the culmination of the fight, right, Dom? That's like the big spoiler thing. If all the other stuff is just basic combat. So what I found because I struggle with him too. Uh, he, the current boss I'm at is the hardest boss. He's easily number two. And it's not even because I don't think his combat's difficult. It's the journey of the fight. Um, for So the Makiri counter, people say like, oh, get get really good at the Makiri counter and he's cake. 
I'm with you. I struggled finding the difference between his like thrust attack and his sweeping. Yeah. So exactly. I just avoid them at all costs. So no matter if it's a thrust or a, a, a sweep, I just try to get just the out. hell out of dodge. Yeah, um, try that. And it's just about repetition with him. I mean, you've played from games, just learning his, his movements. Uh, what I learned with him is because obviously when you play a, from bosses, it's finding out like what distance is best for you to like mm. stay at. And for the third phase of the fight, um, you want to stay as close as possible. And that was something that was hard for me because the way he moves makes you feel as if you just want to keep your distance all the time. That's actually contrary to the best strategy for him. So you actually want to be like super mm. tight on him and deflect and when the attacks come up that uh, are the different attacks in the boss fight, you actually want to roll behind him. Um, they do this thing where they teach you how to counter that move, right? Right before you enter that boss fight of like yeah. pressing RB before you hit the ground or something. That doesn't work for me. What I found is if you just roll behind him when he does that attack, you get like three or four good slashes on him. You get ample damage and you're good to go. And he, he literally doesn't fight any different and that third stage is the first two. It's just that extra thing uh, gets you scared. Like it got me. I was worried. I was like, "Oh God, what right. is this?" But if you actually just keep real, like tight as hell on him, like kissing his body as you like circle him that close, like up, kissing up tight. His body as you circle him. <laughs> yes, yeah. it's majestic. It's and, weird. So there's like, there's definitely like two different ways that I found you can fight a lot of these bosses. Yeah. Um, a lot of people like I'm. I've been watching some like tutorials and stuff, and a lot of people seem to recommend, um, you know, like get as aggressive as possible, counter everything, and just get their posture up, or you know, break down their posture as fast as possible. Yeah. And then you know, just get your death blows and you're in and out and quick ass fight, right? Um, the other option that I found actually pretty effective too. So like the first time I fought Genichiro, I was actually I made it all the way to that third phase, purely taking down his health. Yeah. And I didn't even. I only got to the death blows through taking his health down, not even really through the posture. I mean, the posture eventually comes as a result of taking his health down, but, you know, I did it, like, the long way, which is very inefficient and slow, but, I don't know, that that worked a little bit for a while, but then the third phase was just a totally different thing. And But, I don't know, I found that that's, like, some bosses and some enemies, like, it's just, you can play it a little differently. You can kind of spam that, that one combat art or whatever where it's, like, a overhead kind of whirlwind type of attack i forgot what yeah. it's called and that uh, takes down a small chunk of health even when they're blocking so you can kind of spam that on a lot of enemies and just whittle their health away and then eventually their posture is easy to break that's what i found is sometimes uh, a good strategy too so i'm with you i do it the way of whittling down their health and then their posture bar doesn't recover as fast right and that's how you get it right um the other thing i'll say is that the shinobi the prosthetic tool that's like the spear that like you run with Mm -hmm. Um, that one works really well on him because it, it breaks his posture and you can, you have enough time to like keep distance and then close in without worrying for one of his like asshole arrows, which are very irritating. Um, and he'll shoot that every time you heal. I think it's like the way it's programmed is like, yeah, anytime yep. he sees you heal, he, he goes to shoot, which is really stressful. But, um, that was the first point, the, like the first strong wall in the game. Like we talked about. Uh, the bull being unorthodox and strange and difficult because of it. He's like the first boss in this game that's like legitimately 
difficult because he's difficult and not because he's different, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and just through repetition, I got him, man. And if you – in that third phase, you'll be able to – don't even really worry too much about his health because he is so aggressive that you, you're you likelier to beat him based on posture than whittling his health with the first two levels. Right. And the lightning attack, I'm telling you, if you just roll under and behind him, he it's like a two-swipe thing. And then you can do all of the back damage you want to him. And then he'll get real aggressive, turn around, you just deflect him, and you can whittle him down pretty fast in that third phase. I don't even remember healing in the third phase. I had some gourds with me, but it just it's he's so aggressive at that stage that you don't even really have time to heal, you know? So the way I looked at it is like, I don't even have to worry if I get to the third phase with health. Uh, I just need to worry about having a lot of health. And I didn't even worry about ever healing. It was just like deflecting and rolling behind him so yeah it's definitely the toughest fight so far and so like you said i've been out uh for a week but so i don't know if i ever mentioned like now like i'm fully this game i'm fully in neck deep just <laughs> awesome it's it's stupidly good um the combat is so unique and rewarding it's i don't know it's just one of those things it's just thank you from software thank you miyazaki <laughs> it's an excellent wow. game um Obviously, you're probably at the stage with me that there's not going to be a whole lot you want to talk about until we finish the game right and talk about our whole journey. Um, yeah. One thing I found out, and this is something I haven't even been able to accomplish, but you know the headless. Um, the yeah, I skipped over him. Dude. So apparently later. he has an item, and this is something I read. It's not something I found out because I haven't killed him. He has an item that's essentially like a permanent version of the Gotchen Sugars. But specifically one of them. I don't remember which one. Like, he gives you, like, like a gourd type thing, but it's for the sugars, um, which is really interesting. That's why they're so difficult is because he gives you, like, a pretty powerful... I wouldn't say powerful, but I guess useful, right? Because I wouldn't consider the Gotchen sugars and the Akin sugars, like, powerful, but they are useful in certain situations. So, still haven't killed one. I've tried multiple times, but <laughs> it's a no-go. Um, I haven't even tried. I, like... It's ran- not worth it. Yeah, I from what I from what I read, they're only like really viable to beat later on when you get some specific uh, usable items, uh, and I haven't gotten there yet, so it's not even worth trying. Besides Sekiro, is there anything else you dove that's, into? Is it pretty much it? That's been it. Uh, watched Game of Thrones, of course, but otherwise, yeah, played a lot of Sekiro. <laughs> uh, Jordan, I'm assuming you dove back into the pre sequel again. Well, you know what they say about assuming, Jared. <laughs> Makes an ass out of you and me. <laughs> uh, this was a no video game week for Jordan. <clears throat> Mark it up on the calendar. Uh, is Yep, go ahead. In the words of DJ and... Khaled, another one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is because I was reading my ass off, you could say. Oh, cool. Um, I was, um, I jumped into, give me one sec here. I read a little bit too, a little bit of The Witcher. I've been meaning to get into Song of Ice and Fire, but I just figured I don't want it to taint the show for me, and I also don't want to get through the books and be waiting with everybody else on the last two. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna wait. I'm gonna have the show and appreciate it for what it is, and then once he decides to ever release the last two books, I'll, I'll read all of them. So yeah, that's a, that is a very weird situation that. Like, nobody knows how to feel about that, you know, talking about the show. It's yeah. a really, 
complicated situation. I think made more complicated by the fact that he's continuing to write other books within the universe <laughs> before he writes the actual books, but that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, so I started reading a, a little bit of a simpler fantasy book called The Way of Shadows by Brent Weeks. Um, and it is a book, boys. It looks like assassins. Jace. Sorry. It, it looks like Jace for Magic the Gathering. It's cool. Oh, cool. Um, it is a book about assassins, and it's part of the Night Angel trilogy. And I guess this was le- released kind of... Uh, they've done this with books in the last 10 years, like Netflix style almost, where the trilogy was... Let's see, it says October, November, December of 08. Hmm. So that's obviously the first one. And uh, yeah, it's a lot lighter read than uh, Song of Ice and Fire would be. And is uh, still a, I would say, compelling and inter- interesting fantasy universe uh, to jump into. Obviously, you guys know that I love assassin stuff. And um, especially like, um, kind of like fantasy or historical assassin stuff, obviously, referencing Assassin's Creed there. Um, but I also like modern day stuff too. Uh, but this is like the more hooded, you know, like poison dart, poison, uh, knife type of stuff. Um, got a little magic thrown in there, of course, for good measure. And, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying it so far. So, um, not too much to say about it because I've still got plenty to go, but, um, mostly just the fact that it is a breezier read than something like game of thrones or clash of kings i guess is the one i'm on so i like those b- between denser novels because it gives you like it's like a refresher it's kind of like after playing the witcher 3 hopping into um like uh like an indie game like a simpler like fun indie game it just is like exactly you don't have to focus as much not that you're not focusing but it's like it's more relaxing and i don't know it doesn't require quite as much brain power yeah. or uh as much of your the space in your mind maybe um <clears throat> and yeah drawing that back to video games like you just did we're um you know the conversation has been had recently that like oh there's so many great types of games now where we're at that uh, there's something for any person or any occasion or any mood that you're in right and of course books are one of the oldest forms of entertainment much much older than <laughs> Uh, games or movies what I just thought about like somebody being like books the original video games <laughs> well I was just gonna say that um, they're in that same vein of like there's so many different types of books and yeah. kinds of books for like I said any occasion any mood or any person any um, situation or feeling that you might be having that you want to um, kind of accompany with this book so um, that has been good, but even more than that, what I've been reading, um, as I mentioned in our chat, is comic books. Um, been finally catching up on those because I, I do this a lot where I'll um, kind of um, like quick drop in and out of comics, not to where some people like to drop out for, you know, maybe a year at a time or something and then come back around. Um, but I'll drop in and drop out every now and then for a couple weeks or months. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I think I've finally done it, Jared. I, I'm kind of proud of myself. I think I've finally whittled myself down on, like, you know, the uh, amount of comics that I'm trying to read at any 
any given time. It's hard, man. It's... Oof. I've just... It's a fucking tough realization to come to, man. But at a certain point, if you're going to be a comic book lover and uh, a lover of ongoing comics, then you're going to have to come to terms with the fact that the system is broken and there are far, 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 far too many comics. I mean, I can't say that enough. Like, way too many comics. And not just from DC or Marvel, uh, but just comic books at any given Wednesday that are released is... The list is ridiculous so um i've realized that i have to stop trying to um convince myself that i need to read everybody's books in the marvel or dc universe to know what's going on because that's just not the case yeah um you really only need to read a couple books to know what the fuck is going on and comics at least have adapted to the fact that um there's a lot of things that don't matter as much as they should, unfortunately, but the good part about that is you can jump in uh, quicker than you might think you would be able to, and also the fact that they'll remind you with editor notes or dialogue, like, yeah, you know, when that ship blew up, you know, that's why we don't have the ship in this book anymore or whatever, um, things like that, so... Um, I've, like I said, I've just gotten to the point where I've cut down so many things. Like, yeah, I do like that character. I do like Black Widow, and the fact that she has her own book is cool, but I, I can't. You know, I, the fact of the matter is, if I'm having trouble reading the characters that I really want to read, like Batman or <clears throat> Venom or Thor over on the Marvel side, it's like, I definitely need to put away fucking Black Widow. You know, the stuff that like, <laughs> I think is cool, but I don't, you know, I'm not in love with that shit, so. Um, there have been some unfortunate cuts to the list, but um, I've whittled down quite a bit, and I'm sure as we go on, I'll whittle down more. Unfortunately, within the last six months to a year, there's been a lot of cancellations from DC that have been, you know, stuff that's been going since Rebirth. So um, I did have to let go of some stuff that I had started, but I was like, you know what? instead of trying to catch up to this book that they just canceled or are about to finish up, I might as well just put that away as well. So, things like that. Um, I know I haven't actually talked about any comics that I've read, but um, just shout out a few, I guess. <laughs> um, let's see. So, as far as superhero stuff, I caught up with Venom, and I gotta say, are you still reading Venom, Jared? I never, I've never read it. I've downloaded them. I just haven't gotten to it. No. Oh, man. Well, I really liked Volume 1, and I think Volume 2, and kind of working into 3 now, since I'm on single issues, um, it's good stuff, but they're building a bigger story that I felt like was, there was more interesting stuff going on in Volume 1, whereas this is like more building uh, where they're at right now in the series, I guess, which issue 12 is what I just read. And then there's also the web of Venom thing that are just one-shots coming through every couple months, maybe, that has to do with the main Venom series and really does tie in, and then is also explaining the situation with Carnage. So um, that part is actually pretty cool. So I will say I appreciate what they're building, too, but um, just maybe a little bit of a stall uh, where the main series is at. And then... um, I've been enjoying Justice League. I told you guys I was reading uh, Drowned Earth, which is pretty cool. Um, I finished up Infinity Wars, um, which 
Do you care if I talk about the ending of that, Jared? I read all of it. Oh, you finished Infinity Wars, the most recent one? Yeah. Okay. So, you know about, uh, spoilers obviously for anyone listening, but you know about Loki, uh, or not Loki, uh, Adam Warlock, um, giving the Infinity Stones their own souls via the Soul Stone, right? So, um, it was, I was like, eh, when he's explaining it, I'm like, I don't know, it is kind of dumb. But then when they fly off and they're entering other people and then, you know, other people are like using the power of the infinity stone without actually, you know, without it being like a super superhero with an infinity stone who could really fuck shit up. It's just that like, it's a new superpower. It's kind of latent in their body since they absorbed it or whatever. I did think that was cool. Um, so, um, Infinity Wars overall was, uh, good, um, not quite what I had hoped. Um, I would say that I told you guys I've really enjoyed all the DC events since Rebirth, whereas, uh, Marvel, since Fresh Start has had some good and some, um, not as good, I would say. Um, and then as far as non-superhero stuff, um, let's see. Um, so I found out Paper Girls is ending soon, so I caught up with that. Uh, shout out, huge shout out to Paper Girls, because I just, I fucking love that book. It's wild and crazy, but it is a, uh, very good book. Um, let's see, trying to think through, I did read a lot, you know, with comics, you go through so many so quick. Um... I know I've talked about Redlands before. Um, just want to give that another quick shout out. Um, let me see. Caught up with Walking Dead. Um, You're not reading sure Oblivion song, right? I am. I didn't catch up with that, so I'm like, okay, okay I got two or three issues to read there. Um, but that's another thing I do like about comics is being able to drop out. Um, I've talked about how I don't like. DC releasing their main books twice a month because that's obnoxiously uh, often. There's already too many comic stories that's dated. Um, but, you know, Oblivion Song, I drop out for three months and I got three books to read, which takes me a total of less than 20 minutes. So um, that's the nice part about, like, once you're entrenched in comics, you just have the books that you're reading and you can kind of jump in, jump out. So, uh, but sure, so shout out to Oblivion Song. Um, <clears throat> I know I've talked about that one as well. Um, and then Rat Queens is another good one um, as far as indie stuff goes. I read, uh, I've also been watching uh, Greg's Comic Book Club, so I've been reading some of the stuff that is uh, recommended or required reading. And uh, I read Swing, Volume 1, uh, which I thought was good. Um, so, yeah, there's some shout outs. Uh, I have a long list. I'm going to try to get through as many of these as fast as possible. Um, sure. Usually I only have a couple of things. but So one, I'll just start off with comics. Not too much to say, just you know, enjoying what I'm reading. The one thing I will mention uh-huh. is there's a new series that came out called Fair Lady. And Fair it's lady. essentially Mulan meets Batman in a high fantasy world. So nice. I'll explain it real quick. The main character is a female. And before the story starts in issue one... She was a woman who fought in a war that women weren't allowed to fight in, right? Hence Mulan. So, like, part of her character is being somebody who, like Mulan, doesn't like, you know, the sexist roles and not being able to protect her country or protect her people because she's a woman, right? She sees, she sees it as who outdated. Is the girl I see staring straight back at me. <laughs> um, 
But now she's uh, a private detective, right? So here comes the Batman aspect of it. And obviously, since she was a soldier and stuff, she's physically capable. And her sidekick is... uh, Both of you know what a Khajiit is, right? From from Elder Scrolls? Of course. So imagine... Yes, the cats. Those are the cats. Khajiit has many wares. Imagine a bright yellow Khajiit with the stature of Colossus from X-Men. Like a giant Khajiit. Like just a buff dude. Um... And they're partners together, and the first issue just kind of sets up the world. Um, the city that they are investigating their first um, case is a like giant armor that's collapsed into the ground, if that makes sense. So think of like mm. a giant-ass knight wearing armor, and if they fell and their armor pieces broke off, and the city kind of built around those broken armor pieces. It's like there's you know, giant like, like hands and stuff. It's really cool. That's kind of a trope in especially fantasy stuff, but yeah. I love it, man. I yep. love a big giant thing that is like, you know, nature grows around and all that. Uh, the cool thing, so obviously when you hear about like detective type comics, you're one of my biggest worries is that the cases aren't going to have any substance. It's just going to be like straightforward, like you're watching an episode of like CSI or something, right? Which you can love yep. CSI, but a lot of times there's no nuance or interest in it. It's just like, oh, this is a setup. This is what I expect. The ending of the first case does have a really cool twist. Not in a, this wasn't the person you expected it to be, but like in an emotional characterization type way of like some of the people involved you think are one way, they end up being another way, but it's not because of like tropey reasons. Uh, it's very refreshing and interesting. Like I said, because it's a detective comic, like, it's literally the... Telling you the story of it is literally a spoiler because the whole comic is about them solving a mystery, right? So I want to be vague, but... Um, really enjoying it. Uh, obviously, everything else I've been reading, Oblivion Song and all that stuff is great. Uh, like you, I jumped into uh, a lighter novel to start reading. I'm reading through Redwall again. Um, nice. Which, Real quick, Jared, just a comic. I won't interrupt you too long. Black. No problem. Just shouting out the name. I, yeah, I've heard good Black. things. I want to get to it. There's so many comics, man. Like Black Science, I want to get to. Paper the thing Girls, about I get Black to. Hammer, I guess I am talking about it now, is they, they've they done like 13 issues of the main series, and then they've done like maybe six plus spinoffs, you know, with there's a couple one shots. Like, it's the Black Hammer universe that you're getting into. You're not just doing the one title, so I would yeah. not blame you with Black Hammer, but it is great. Uh, so with Game of Thrones, I'm just. I really want to re- like get into more fantasy, right? Obviously, Game of Thrones isn't super fantasy, but there is magical aspects to it and stuff. But um, Redwall's yeah, the shit, man. Yeah, really enjoying it. Obviously, it's a it's a simpler read, but just getting back there, reading uh, from the beginning. So you're just really reading cool. the OG Redwall novel. Yeah, I have the first there's five like books. Twenty I think. books. Yeah. Yeah, there's like twenty books in that series, but dude, a lot of great ones, and Redwall is definitely one of them dude like dom do you know what redwall is you know about i've never heard of it yeah it's just uh fantasy anthropomorphic animals but it's like this perfect british tone it's like it's gorgeous it's lovely it's obviously not as brutal as game of thrones right but it's like game of thrones lord of the rings mixed with like it's a, a lot of the main characters are rodents so it's like mice uh, and oh. weasels and ferrets and stuff. And it's okay. certainly not yeah. like you're not gonna read it, even though it's certainly uh, available, readily available to kids. It is like technically a children's novel, but 
they don't feel like a man, and there's not like they're not pulling any punches, dude. You know, like <laughs> reading the first, they're having uh, battles. You know, they're having real ass battles. So I'm like 15 chapters through the first book, and when they introduce Clooney the Scourge, which is like he's the main big bad oh, at the yeah. beginning, Dom. Yeah. They're not afraid of like he kills people like <laughs> he kills people and like they they describe like the rats like missing legs and like getting their skulls caved in. It's like it's four kids, Dude, but the, it's not four yeah, kids. Yeah, you know? right, exactly. And also like the villains are actually scary. Like yeah. fucking, I read one within the last year and I was like. Holy shit, this guy. It was a cat. It was like a bobcat or whatever. And I was like, God damn, this dude, right? <laughs> well, like, he's like, yeah, go find some recruits for our army. And they're like, okay, sir, but what if they don't want to? And he's like, well, then just kill him. Like, he has, like, no remorse. He's And they come back with, like, severed heads. And it's crazy. It's really cool, though. And, he, and I wanted to eventually read Mouse Guard, too. It's, it sucks that Disney canceled the animated movie. Apparently, it might get picked up by Netflix, which is cool. But I've never read Mouse Guard, which is similarly the same thing, Dom. Uh, anthropomorphic, like rodent type creatures and animals, in a uh, high fantasy setting. In terms not of video, by Brian Jacques, though, right? No, it's a. I forget the the author of that, but it's not Brian Jacques. Um, in terms of video games, Who, can I just say I gotta shout him out? He used to intro every episode of the animated series himself with that sweet British that voice. So good. Yeah, it was fucking dope, dude. Um, Brian Jacques, shout out. Yeah, he sounds like a Game of Thrones character. It's dope. Uh, so in terms of video games, I actually bought four video games this week because of the sales. Uh, so I bought Katana's. I'm going to get to all these games some more than others. Oh, yeah, baby. Bought Katana's there because oh, yeah. it's new. Um, bought Disney after new- tonight, right? I played Tom it. Zeros tonight. Uh, what came out today? I, I played about two oh, hours today. this morning. Yeah. A Thursday release. You fucked me up, Katana Zero. <laughs> I got you preloaded, boy. Um... Uh, Disney Afternoon Collection, which is a collection of all the classic Disney games on the NES, so like Darkwing Duck and DuckTales and DuckTales 2 and Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Uh, that was like four bucks, four or five bucks I had to buy on the Xbox Spring Sale. It's one of those games that I've been wanting to buy. I'm like, I'll eventually get it. It's always on sale. Finally picked it up. Mm. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Dom. I think you played this game and you talked about it a long time ago. Maybe not too long ago. I bought Rain uh, Rain's Game of Thrones. Did you ever play no. that? I could no. I couldn't remember that a mobile game. It was a mobile I, game, but it got ported to Switch and it's three dollars on okay. sale right now. And then I okay. used some of my coins, so it ended up being like a dollar fifty or something. Nice. Um really cool strategy game. Uh if, are you guys familiar with Reigns as like a property for, for games? Um No, it's like is it tower defense or strategy? No, it's uh it's uh I don't know how I'd describe it, but so essentially it's a deck of cards. You get a deck of cards. You don't get to see them. You pick whatever person you want to be the king or queen. It, it was a game before Game of Thrones, but it adapted really well to the world of Game of Thrones. So essentially, you start the game with Daenerys Targaryen, okay? And it's in the middle of the screen. Her picture's there. And other cards pop off of other characters. And they, they put you in situations where you have to choose this or that. And at the top, you have four resources. You have power, uh, power, religion... Uh, common people's like happiness and uh, money, right? The amount of money you have. Mm. And you're making these decisions and they're affecting those four bars up top. And anytime one of those four bars gets all the way to the top or all the way to the bottom, your your reign is over and you die. So you, it's about managing them and all, keeping all of them in the middle. So you can't save a bunch of money, you can't spend all your money, you can't become too 
religiously zealot. You can't become like opposed to religion entirely. You have to play yeah, the game of thrones. Exactly. Um, and depending on the characters you interact with, if you live long enough and you do certain interactions, like for instance, with Varys, he gives you options of like bribing certain people or traveling to Winterfell or going to a tavern you have the ability to lock other characters you can start a reign with. So you start with Daenerys, and so far I've unlocked Cersei, Jon, Sansa, and uh, Tyrion. And each of them have their own, like, narrative pathways. So, like, with Sansa, she's coming from the perspective of maybe I need to go back to Winterfell. People in Winterfell consider me the true heir, whereas when I'm Tyrion and I try to deal with people from the north... They're more opposed to me, so the decisions have bigger consequences. It's really cool. I've played about mm, 45 to 50 minutes of it. Honestly, for three bucks, it's it's a steal. You guys should definitely pick it up and yeah, check I'll it out. Pick it up. It's definitely one of those Is games you pick up and for three dollars. Yeah, I think it's normally six. It's not a very expensive game. Um, cool. And it's Jared. just a really cool pop in, pop out, and you know, strategy game. Awesome. Just wanted to say about coins real quick. I've realized something. When you use coins on a purchase, you earn less coins, right? Yeah. So it would stand to reason that we should uh, not use coins when we're buying like a full $60 game. Metroid Prime 4, you're buying. Don't use any coins. You'll reap the most coins. And then as you buy your dinky $6, $15 indie games. You use your coins, and you were already going to make less anyways, so... Exactly. Like, spend the 60 now, and then eventually you'll see, like, a $5 game on sale, and you can probably get it for free. As opposed exactly. to paying $54 now, and then not having coins yeah. for... Yeah. You're not going to get very many coins from a $10 game anyways, so it's okay if that number is lessened. But yeah. you are going to get a lot of coins from a $60 game, so you should buy those with your own money, and then you'll reap more coins, which is free money in the end, so... I think I figured that shit out, boys. The two other games I bought, I already mentioned Katana Zero. Purchased Hollow Knight on Xbox because it was 8 bucks. Haven't gotten to it yet. I think I'm going to play through it on there since it's been so long since I've played Hollow Knight. I figured it gives me an excuse to start up again the achievements, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And then once, yeah. I, once I get to the point in the Xbox version where I am in the Switch version, I'll be more comfortable Switch. picking that one up as well, you know, and not jumping in in the yeah. middle of the goddamn game. Um... Katana Zero. Neither of you guys have played it, right? Obviously, this is a game I've... Yeah, I've talked about this game for, like, what, a year and a half, two if years? If I had known. If I had known, man, I would have been playing it today. The cool thing, I saw reviews. It's getting a lot of nines. Easy Allies gave it an eight, which is pretty, still really solid. Um, so, that means it seems like the wait, because I've talked about how... <gasps> excuse me. This is one of the few games I've had to keep being like, Jared, where the fuck is this game? Seems like the wait was worth it. One thing I will say, the narrative is bonkers in a good way. Like, there's some stuff that happens nice. in this that is, like, definitely not straightforward, coming out of left field. It's it's a lot more mature than I thought. Like, there's yeah. there's there's people, like, snorting coke in this game oh. that are, like, bad guys, obviously. Um, oh, They're about to get fired from Kingdom Hearts. Uh, it's, a, it's a mind trip. Uh, this isn't a spoiler at all because this is, like, in the very beginning of the game you find this out. Uh, the guy you're playing as, the samurai that can, like, manipulate time, apparently he got hurt during war, and his perception of time was messed up. Like, his brain, he had a brain injury, and his perception of time is off. 
So, obviously, I haven't played a whole lot of the game, but it seems like there's possibly an explanation that you're not manipulating time itself. You just interpret time differently than people because of your brain injury from the war, which is really cool. Um, That's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, because time is certainly objective, I think. And the way the missions are structured is cool, and it, they start playing with it and messing with your head because you're not... The way the game works is you finish a level, and it's basically like you planning it out, and then the game plays through it. So it's like a videotape yeah. of what you just did. Yeah. They mess with that as if it's like footage and stuff, so there's parts of the story that get corrupted and stuff messes up. Every time you finish a, a, a level, you go back to your apartment, you have a cup of tea, you go to bed, and you can listen to the TV, and it tells you news about the day, and it specifically mentions and gives you more lore and context to your previous mission, and you get mm -hmm. these dossiers as missions. You're going after specific people. They give you this folder. You open it. It gives you all the details about him. You go about dossier. your mission. I love a good dossier, Jared. You go about your mission, you come back, and the cool thing with the news is they're telling you straightforward what the information is, so sometimes it's exactly what you expect from what the dossier said. Sometimes mm. you will feel as if you were manipulated into mm. killing that person, and they play yeah. around with it. I hit, like, the first narrative, like, big twist, like, towards the end of the first act. Um, yeah. There's, when the game starts, you have 10 days left. It just says 10 days remain. I'm currently at six days remain. Who's to say if that's because of time and the way it's manipulated and you don't perceive time? I don't know if necessarily right. when I hit zero days remain if that's the end of the game, but just for references in terms of how far I am, every mission takes Can't. a day, but it's not just like one room. It's multiple rooms. Uh, there's like a hotel I've gone to. There's like a complex. Uh, yeah. The last mission I did... And this isn't spoiler. I'm not going to tell you specifically what's in the level, but it's a Hollywood studio, and there's some really cool Easter eggs in it uh, that are that shout out like you know ties to Hollywood and and special effects and stuff. So yeah, yeah, it's lived up to my expectations. Obviously, I've only played a couple of hours of it, but it's Can't exactly what I expected. The gameplay solid. It's tight. Obviously, we know the big hook with this game is that. If you, you, you can die by a single hit or a single bullet and it rewinds the beginning of the level for you to do it again. I have never had for death, Jared. None. In a good way. Okay. Because it's all about okay. learning. This game isn't about you getting a game over and restarting from, from the top. It isn't about There's no dragon rot. Exactly. It's just hey, you the levels are puzzles. That's the best way to describe it. There's a okay. puzzle and there's multiple ways to solve it. And you just have to figure out what tools you have at your disposal. One thing I didn't know about this game is there's items in the world that you can pick up and throw at people. So far, I've encountered like a butcher's axe, a bottle, uh, a Molotov cocktail. And they can, without spoiling things, they can interact with the environment in interesting ways that I didn't expect. I thought it was straight up, I'm a samurai. These are guys with guns or swords and stuff, and it's my sword <coughs> against them. But... <coughs> the openness and creativity available for you in this game per level is really cool. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just blown away in terms of it meeting my expectations. Because uh, this baby. year has been a year of games not meeting expectations. Uh, yeah. So it's good to have, you know, and I'm not saying it's game of the year by any means. Uh, who knows? I haven't finished it yet. But it's just exactly what I expected in a great way. It's awesome. It's go. only 15 bucks too, so it's not too yeah, expensive. I'm gonna play this. 
it's it's fun, especially with Sekiro Dom. It's like it's not as punishing, but you still want to be a badass samurai. So it's like yeah, you know, you're struggling with the bosses. Kind of feel like two D Sekiro. Uh, in a way, it's 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 very much about deflecting. It's way faster, obviously, than than Sekiro. It's 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 a lot faster of gameplay, but. There are some similarities because one of the biggest things in terms of handling people with guns is deflecting bullets. So it is, you know, having that muscle memory and those quick reflexes. Um, you watch the kind of funny games cast, right, guys? Uh, for Sekiro. I mean, it is now. It was multiple weeks ago where Tim was talking about going to a Nintendo event and some kid was trying to beat a Katana Zero level forever and ever. Oh God. Like, got really quiet, and then all of a sudden just screams, Yes! What he finally beat <laughs> um, For this I, whole event. Speaking of difficulty, I've gone to the point where they're... I wouldn't say difficult, but the challenges and puzzles of the level are more complex. It definitely starts out, and it's like, here's a guy behind a door, here's a couple of guys. Uh, there's a lot more stealth mechanics in this game than I thought. There's a whole level Word. early on that's dedicated to not killing anybody, stealthing your way through to the objective, and on your way back, having combat and killing people. There's some really interesting, cool stuff. Definitely worth 15 bucks. This and, like, Reigns oh, yeah. were solid purchases. Disney Afternoon Collection, I played some Darkwing Duck. Those games, those games aren't great, but it's more of a nostalgia thing, you know? For four bucks, it's like it's what I expected. Um, and then, what was the last game I purchased? Hollow Knight, I haven't jumped back in yet, but we could get purchases. A lot of stuff. Um, Word. A lot of stuff. Obviously, Game of Thrones and watched My Hero Academia, but... Gang, 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 gang. Let's hop can into we, news. To, can we give a quick second to just give Game of Thrones thoughts, non-spoiler thoughts? Let's go. We're running so, long, so let's go as quick... I'm going to... Uh, maybe like one or two sentences just at yay, most. Just a yay or nay on the episode is all I need. Dom, you, you like it? Yeah, it's yay. It's a good first episode, right? First season uh, premiere, yeah. yay. Yeah, I'm with that, yeah. Yeah, it set things up. That was about what it was about. So it was it was solid. You know, nothing blowing my pants off or anything. If this was an episode five, I'd be vastly disappointed. It's an episode one. Completely sure. okay with it. Yeah. Sure. Um, let's hop into this news. So we had the announcement of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Sorry, not the announcement, the reveal. We've known about this game since last year when Vince Zampella was forced into, strong-armed into talking about it at E3. It hey, Vinny, like. what are you guys working on over there? Uh, he was, Star Wars. <laughs> he was stoned out of his mind. It was so funny. Uh, it seemed like it anyways. He just seemed like he was out of it. Whether he was, like, zonked on, like, medication or something, he just was like, I don't want to be Hollywood here. types, you never know. <laughs> Andrew uh, Renee could have slipped him something. She's, so, uh, she's known for her drug usage. Coolest thing, uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order is coming out the 15th, which is three days after The Mandalorian premieres on the Disney Plus service. Uh, so we're getting a lot of Star Wars in the month of November leading up to Episode Nine, which baby, is dope. Um, you play as Cal Kestis, who's a surviving Padawan of the or- of Order 66. Uh, stars Cameron Monaghan, which is surprising, the kid from Gotham. Um, He's the guy from Shameless, you mean? Well, Shameless as well, yeah. Uh, sorry. But he plays Bruce Wayne in fucking Gotham, right? So No, he doesn't no play Bruce Wayne. Is. He's Joker. Oh. Yeah. Or the inspiration for Joker or whatever it is. Um, yeah. Coolest thing, he seemed really into it and he, like, is stoked to be the star of this game, which I'm excited for. Obviously, you'd assume, oh, they're going to hire somebody who's passionate about the project. It's not always the case. Uh, he seemed really passionate about it, which is cool. 
Um, so Cal, the character he's playing, is a ship salvager. Uh, so he's kind of laying low, hiding from uh, the Inquisitors and just trying to survive as a surviving Jedi or Padawan, obviously. Uh, one of the interesting things that people didn't really talk about is Deborah Wilson's in this game. Uh, during the panel, they talked about how she's... Um, it's not a traditional Padawan... Um, is it Master? I forget what the... Master Apprentice. Yeah, Master Apprentice relationship, which is cool because I was hoping it wouldn't be the typical thing we've seen in Star Wars. Um, Deborah Wilson, if you're not familiar, she was in Mad TV. Uh, she's a, a black actress. Um, she's also the black uh, character in Wolfenstein that's part of your team that almost blows you up with the grenade. Do you remember that, Dom? The one that jokes about the, the phony grenade when uh, BJ's climbing up the elevator and he meets yes. the Jewish guy and the black woman, that's her. Yes. So Great she, she's scene. awesome. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. like one of my favorite parts of that game, by the way. So that the thing scene. with her is <laughs> that she is a com- she's a comedian. So I like that there's going to be some levity to this game. I hope anyways they wouldn't I'd assume they wouldn't hire her if the character wasn't comedic in some way. Um the one thing we know about gameplay is that they talked about thoughtful combat. To me, it read a lot like, and I know we use a comparison for this for everything, but uh, from software in terms of they said you have to size up your enemy before you attack them and not just like go gung-ho. I think we saw a little bit of actual gameplay in the trailer in terms of, do you guys remember the scene when he wall runs and then he uses the force to get up on that ledge? Do you guys remember that specific scene? Probably not. It was a brief scene. The only reason I say that that is likely gameplay is because it's respawn. And their games have all of their games have featured wall running, so when I saw that, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's respawn," specifically because it looked like their type of animation for a wall running type maneuver. Um, I will say when they said like, "This is not a stealth game at all," I was like, "Ah, the Jedi's are stealthy, man. Jedi's are stealthy." Yeah. Uh, I want to be able to. I want a crouch button in a Jedi game. You know what I mean? I think there'll be a crouch button in this game, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If, Maybe there won't be. I'd assume because you're going to be crawling through a vent at some point in this game. Lock it up, 100%. You're going to have to crouch. But that might be like a QTE or something. It might not be you actually crouch. Who knows? Um, I hope there's a roll button for combat, like a dodge roll kind of thing. You know what I want? You know what I want? I need that dash, boy, that Jedi dash. You want to be a cool dash if, like, you use the force to push the ground away from you? You know what I mean? Like, put yeah. your hand down and go, and like, kind of like air bending, but obviously it's the force. Kind of just push right, yourself yeah. away. That'd be pretty dope. Um, I don't want to, st- we have quite a bit of news to get to, so I don't want to spend too long on this, but once again, like we did with Real Game quick. of Thrones, just the, you know, your your impressions of it. For me, uh, I can't wait to see gameplay. That's when I'll get really excited. Yep. It was a cinematic trailer, so it's whatever. Um, yeah. But it was more than I thought we were going to see. I thought it was actually going to be like a 30 second teaser. Um, yeah, this was solid. Yeah, it, it, I'm not a hundred percent all in, but I'm really excited. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm with you. I want to see gameplay, but that was a cool trailer. It was interesting how they uh, leaned so heavily on uh, multi, no multiplayer, no microtransactions, and they made that like very emphasized, like in tweets and all sorts of things. So, and uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, it just it was just weird how much the, they, they pushed that. To that point, we, and I don't want to go too long on this, 
Uh, we've talked about how it's weird how Respawn seems to have a lot of independence from EA as opposed to other studios. And it came out that Vincent Pell is actually like on the board of directors at EA. So mm-hmm. that might lean towards their ability to be able to do some of the things that aren't the game plan. Also, this game isn't on uh, the Frostbite engine. It's on Unreal, which is huge. Mm. Uh, Very important, yeah. They also weren't strong-armed um, into being on Frostbite, just like with Apex Legends. So, Sorry, Jordan. So, <clears throat> real quick, I think my biggest thing is just excitement to see. Obviously, you know, my love for Star Wars is well noted, but uh, my excitement to see the second sister uh, is the villain of the game, and that means she's one of the Inquisitors, and um, that is something that was introduced in the Clone Wars and has been continued in the comics. So, um, the Inquisitors are those who were tasked to hunt down the remaining Jedi after Order 66 uh, by the Emperor. And very cool characters, in my opinion. Not everyone likes them, but I really do. And so the fact that they have uh, chosen to make one of them uh, the main villain of this game is very exciting to me. So, yeah. Agreed. She's very intimidating. It's a good way of having a villain that, like, strikes fear, you know? And not, like... Yeah, and they're good, like... They're great mid-tier, you know, for Clone Wars yeah. or a video game. It's like they're scary, they're intimidating, they're powerful, but they're not like an actual Sith apprentice necessarily. They're not Darth Vader himself, you know, yeah. so. We're all excited. Can't wait for gameplay. Probably going to see it at Xbox, and obviously EA Play's not having a conference, but Xbox is probably going to have this during their conference because of the deal that it was evident during that presentation of the deal that oh. Xbox has with them. My uh- Sorry to interrupt. My other one big thing about this. I think that the new movies have done a really poor job like discussing the point of the fact that even if there's not, you know, Jedi younglings being trained at some temple in the Republic anymore, like this gigantic galaxy still has a lot of force wielders. You know, force sensitive uh, people or, you know, alien beings, whatever. So, what? We, you get this one kid who can float a broom in Last yeah. Jedi, and that's about it. I'm going to come at you after the show for this. We'll talk later. I almost <laughs> okay. got started. I'm holding myself back. Yeah, let's let's wait, because we're running long. ridiculous <laughs> how the new trilogy treats it, right? Like, ridiculous how the new trilogy treats what? Force Wielders. But this is, like, the opposite and doing it properly, in my opinion, which is like, no... Just because there's not a master apprentice uh, system going on, there's still people out there that are force wielders and maybe even powerful in the force, a uh, true Jedi. So um, the fact that we have a whole game around it in a time uh, within the universe that isn't, um, you know, where Jedis are just out in the open and um, the big shit across the galaxy those are the times I really like and I like the fact that they're acknowledging yeah there are force wielders out here so uh, we have a couple of other quicker uh, news stories and we're going to get to the beefy thing which is the PS5 info that was revealed by Mark Cerny Mark Cerny not Mike Cerny uh, so first off uh, Jason Schreier reported this week that Sony Interactive Entertainment was responsible for Destiny 2 not having uh, character transfers obviously when we first heard about Destiny there was this whole 10 year plan of bringing your character from the first game all the way through to the end of the 10-year journey. That never happened. 
Apparently, Sony blocked the feature for PS4, so Bungie decided to scrap it for all versions. Um, no other details were provided, but yeah, pretty shitty. Uh, <laughs> you know, when Destiny 2 came out, well, that was one of the biggest questions. Like, why doesn't this have character transfer? And it's just a weird... It's just a weird thing that you hear about behind the scenes, and I'm not saying that Xbox doesn't have these type of things that happen too behind the scenes, but you yeah. know, PlayStation has talked about like, oh, we're for the gamer and stuff, and then you hear about this stuff, and it's like you have to realize sometimes that's like it's just marketing, uh, and just it's it's a very weird decision, especially considering they have they had a, mar- a marketing deal with Destiny, so I don't know what they would lose from you being able to transfer your character to Destiny Two. I don't know if it's a back-end thing for, for the PSN, maybe? I don't know. I'm sure it is. Yeah, I don't think it's a them losing thing. I think it's a them either being lazy. I don't think it's laziness, though. I think it's, yeah, it's got to be some bullshit PSN back-end <laughs> Some weird, yeah. That they've just got so fucked so far up the creek that it's not going to be able to happen. Because they're so... And, and I know this is going to sound like a very dumb question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. There have been games on PlayStation where you've transferred information from one game to the sequel, right? Telltale. Yeah, because there's exactly there's games on Xbox as well that do that. Trilogy, yeah. Back in PS3, you could do Mass Effect trilogy, like yeah. Yeah, I know it's a dumb question. (laughs) I'm just making sure. No, it's Uh, it's not a dumb question. It's a dumbfounding question that you even have to ask. (laughs) Like, wait, we've done this before. Yeah, because I just don't want to talk about like, oh, it's been done before, and uh, no, it hasn't. Um, So, lastly. Um, Inside Xbox was held for the month of April. It's actually the last one before E3. They're not doing one next month, which I think is kind of smart. There's no point to do release information the month before E3 to save it all, right? Um, we got some information on a couple of things. I want to tackle the Phil Spencer thing first, and then we'll get to the all-digital, because the <coughs> Phil Spencer thing is just a quote. So he was interviewed about E3, and he said, We understand the responsibility and opportunity of being the only platform owner with a live show this year. It's a part of the year where gaming takes center stage over movies and other entertainment mediums, so we plan to make the most of it. He also talked about how he had been essentially alpha testing Project X Cloud. He had been playing Destiny 2 and Crackdown 3 uh, on his phone as he was traveling to Japan. Um, that was actually the more Secret interesting... backdoor access, do you, Phil? <laughs> he talked about having his own server. He literally has his own server for XCloud, which is damn. dope. Um, the more interesting thing to that comment is he said he was in Japan again. It, we've heard about him going over the last couple of years, and he really understands that Microsoft's partnership with Japanese developers and publishers was kind of shitty before he got there. And he's made it a point to go over there and try to mend those. Like, we've had Kingdom Hearts 3 recently on an Xbox stage. We had Devil May Cry 5 revealed on an Xbox stage. Like, those are huge, considering Xbox has never been tied to Japanese publishers and developers the same way Nintendo or Sony has. So I just thought it's really cool that he's continuing this partnership. He said, I'm going back there now and I have friends that I meet up with. You know, because when he was initially doing it, he was creating these relationships. And now he actually has these relationships built. Um, Another game we saw was uh, Jump Force, right? That was debuted on Xbox stage. Another Japanese published um, game. So really cool. I don't know if we have anything else to add there. Uh, He also stated that we're expected to see stuff from the new studios. We assumed that, but it's cool to have confirmation, right? That we're going to see new stuff from their first party. Uh, I think they changed the name, right? It's not Microsoft Game Studios anymore. I think it's Xbox Game Studios. Mm, so, yeah. um, 
the other bit of news, and this is, I wouldn't say controversy. There's some people who seem like it's a missed opportunity. I agree with them to a certain extent, and I actually read a couple of tweets that I want to add on to the end of this that uh, added a different conversation to it. So they announced the Xbox One S All Digital Edition. Obviously, it's the Xbox One S without a disk drive. Uh, it's coming out May 7th. Wait, so they didn't call it something else? No, it's called the Xbox One S All Digital Edition. That was the that was never them <laughs> that announced bad, that. Dude, holy uh, shit! It should be the Xbox I think it's One. Good. I think just like my initial reaction here is like, wow, that's terrible. It should be like Xbox One M for Mini or something, you know, something like that. Oh, well, it's not Mini. It's the same size. It just doesn't have a disc drive. I think yeah, all digital I, makes sense. Wait, I the think... exact same size as the Slim? Yeah, exact same size. Wow. Because they had to keep all the internals outside uh, besides the, the, um, the Blu-ray drive, obviously. And, I mean, it makes oh. sense to not do a whole R&D for a product that – and we'll get to this. So it's coming out May seventh, two forty nine ninety nine, which obviously we all assumed it would be two hundred. So the price is higher than we expected. The one thing I will say, and the caveat is, and we'll get to this in the conversation. The Xbox One S is listed at two uh, three hundred dollars. It's always on sale for two fifty and cheaper, even like two hundred dollars. Right? I get that. Obviously, this is more expensive than that from prices we see. The thing that they made a point to say during it is that when this is out. They'll make sure that this always is $50 cheaper than whatever the price of the S is, even if it's on sale. So obviously there's a weird pricing gap now because this hasn't released yet and the, the Xbox One is currently on, is on sale. But from what they said, this will always be $50 cheaper than what retailers are, are deciding to put this at. So it's a weird thing. Like I, I agree it's too high of a price, but because they added the caveat of the $50 thing, my assumption is like when this thing is out in the wild and for Black Friday you can get the regular Xbox One S for $200, I could see this being $150. Because of what they said, it'll always be $150 cheaper when it's actually out there. Um, there's another – so the thing I want to add to this is that Matt Piscatella, our boy over at MPD Gaming Group that gives us all the dope monthly reports for the industry at large in terms of sales, he brought up some things. One – he talked about how this people see this as Xbox trying to get people to buy uh, an Xbox towards the end of its life cycle. He said that this type of skew doesn't make sense for that, especially because at the end of a life cycle, you see the lowest amount of, of uh, return for purchases. Like you're not going to sell as many Xboxes or PlayStations at the end of the life cycle as you do at the beginning, right? So he says that even introducing a skew at this point doesn't make sense if you want to get new people on the platform. He said from his perspective that this is Xbox testing the market for a new SKU, that, SKU that's never been introduced. Like they're the first to market with this. Um, he basically talked about how this isn't about them getting more people to the Xbox platform or getting people to rush out and buy this right away. It's about them testing the market and seeing how consumers um, respond to like an all digital console. It was very interesting. Uh, he still said that he thought the price was high, but his perspective, I mean, the guy knows sales and stuff, so it was just an interesting perspective on the whole matter. Yeah, yeah. I guess, but why can't you do that but make it cheaper? <laughs> you can still get that same data, right? But, well, wow. yeah, but um, see, the thing is is that MSRP for the Xbox One S is 300 but P the retailers sell it for cheaper, right? Well, yeah, and I get that, but they gotta they need to be aware that of what it looks like right now. Like, Even if it... Probably, like you're saying, I would bet a paycheck that, yeah, like... 
in a couple of months, you know, later this year, like it's going to be cheaper on sales and stuff. I, it just looks funny right now is all. So here's, here's the thing. To my point, I don't think that, in my opinion, uh, I don't think that this was Xbox positioning it as trying to make this a hot new product in terms of selling a bunch of units because, to Jordan's point, they didn't really change the form factor at all. Um like they didn't really do much. Like if they were, if they were like, this is the all digital console we want to fly off store shelves. It would have a lower price point, and to Jordan's point, it probably would have been smaller. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, they did. There is more space now that they removed something. You know, yeah. it's, exactly. It's not, yeah. So it was cheaper for them to just uh, <clears throat> probably manufacture an alternate shell for the box that doesn't have an opening for a disc yeah. tray. And or whatever, and so uh, that's probably what it is. But I, I'm so surprised by that. I thought it was going to be you know like half as large or whatever. I mean, it's I mean, not like it spinning a disc is part of what heats a console up, so it's got to be way mm-hmm. cooler automatically. You yeah, know? I mean, it's not like it's worst case scenario. Like it doesn't hurt. Them, yeah, right. It's yeah, just exactly. Thing that maybe didn't do well, and that's it's fine. Well, even if that's that, the case, right? That's to Matt Piscatella's point. Is he believes that they don't necessarily. Obviously, they want it to sell. No company really something and wants it not to sell. But he said he thinks that they are just trying to test the market in terms of this type of thing. There were some mentions about like, what if this was like with retailers if they didn't want it super cheap? That's a weird conversation. I don't even think it's true. The other thing I forgot to add is this also comes with Minecraft, Forza Horizon 3, and Sea of Thieves, which yeah. is cool. Um, I mean, I think that's actually the weirder part is that it doesn't come with Game Pass. It does. That seems like the more... You can, it oh, comes okay. with a thing where you can get three months of Game Pass for $1 in it. Oh, okay. Okay, okay, okay. So... That, that makes yeah. sense. Uh, gotcha. So you get three... You essentially get three months of Game Pass for free. $1 is essentially right. free. Um, yeah. People were complaining, well, yeah, but Minecraft, Sea of Thieves, and Forza Horizon 3 are all on Game Pass. Not true. Forza Horizon 3 isn't on Game Pass. The other two are. Just a clarity. It isn't? No, Forza Horizon 3 isn't on Game Pass. I could have sworn that their games were, like, their first-party stuff was going to be on Game Pass, no matter what. Uh, Forza Horizon 3 isn't. New stuff. uh, But a lot of it, a lot of the newer stuff is. Yeah. Um... Like Sea of Thieves when it first came out, uh, Crackdown when it first came out, all that. Forza Horizon Three was twenty fifteen. Right? Yeah, twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen. Yeah. It's pretty old. So Horizon Four's out. Yes. Horizon Four came so out. They don't even have the old Horizon games on Game Pass. That's wild. They have one and two on it. Three's not on it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that's, that's pretty much it. I don't think we have too much to say. The price is like, yeah, it's not as low as we wanted. It's not shocking or anything. Also, you have to think of, I don't know, it's it's a whole useless conversation in my opinion. The conversation yeah. I want to have is about these PlayStation 5 details that we're going to hop into. Woo-hoo. So I'm going to go through all of the details. Feel free to chime in if there's something specific you want to talk about. But there's a lot of information to get through. There's also something I want to do at the end in terms of comparing rumored Xbox next-gen stuff with this one, but we'll get to that. So Mark Cerny decided to do an exclusive interview for Wired. Uh, in the exclusive interview with Peter Rubin from Wired, uh, the architect behind the PlayStation's consoles, Mark Cerny, unveiled tons of information regarding their next-generation console. Mark Cerny stated, uh, started by saying, quote, The key question is whether the console adds another level, another layer to the sorts of experiences you already have access to, or if it allows for fundamental changes in what gaming can be. Uh, his numerous grandiose statements, that's me, my own wording there, uh, he's very grandiose in a lot of things he says, um, 
point to the uh, the latter being Sony's desired direction with their next generation console, that being fundamental changes. Obviously, since his interviews come out, there have been people that argue that it doesn't seem like that. It just seems like an upgrade to what we're already accustomed to. That's a, a conversation for another day in terms of what he specifically means and what they're actually doing. But in terms of the actual information, we got confirmed that it's going to miss 2019, which is duh, obvious. Uh, it's currently in the hands of some studios. Our assumption is probably first party, the big boys. Uh, but Sony recently accelerated the deployment of the dev kits. Uh, and that's according to Mark Cerny. So they're now shipping them all out, um, which leads to the... Accelerated deployment. Engage. Yeah. There's a conversation we're getting to at the end in terms of why they're doing this now. And I think the accelerated deployment of the dev kits leads to them probably being afraid of leaks, right? And they wanted to say it before Kotaku does in terms of what this system is going to be. Um, the console will be compatible with current PSVR headsets. Awesome. Uh, it will cool. be backwards compatible with PS4 titles. Once again, awesome. This is something yeah, that you, God. we assumed was going to be the case, and we knew like it's a no-brainer move. But once again, we've seen these companies, both PlayStation and Xbox, mismanage no-brainer moves. <laughs> so it's good to just Can have I confirmation. Play my PS1 games on the motherfucker. Oh uh, no, I I doubt that'll be a possibility. Um, we'll get if to that. That's not a possibility. That's absolutely ridiculous. Uh. I guess it all goes back to the reason of the, like, the, the, um... Separated stores between PS3 and PS4. Yeah. I don't... It's a... Ugh, it's dumb. It's really dumb. Um, it'll, it will, quote-unquote, support 8K graphics, which is a whole other conversation about viability of that and all, all of that. Um, CPU. Don't need it. It's going to have an AMD... You can't see an 8K. Sorry. <laughs> it's going to... The CPU is going to be an AMD uh, Ryzen 8-core. Uh, which is really solid. Uh, it's part of their new line of the AMD Ryzen uh, CPUs. Uh, the GPU is a custom AMD Radeon Navi GPU, and it supports ray tracing, which is another conversation we're going to have at the end. Um, and for those unfamiliar with ray tracing, it's essentially high-end lighting technique that's used in games that uh, makes them more purdy <laughs> in terms of simple language. Um, but it, it's... It's, but it can be used for more than lighting, which I thought was a really interesting point that Mark yeah. Cerny made for me. I was like, wow, that's really fucking cool that it can be used for audio or stuff like that. It's very taxing, um, so it requires very powerful um, components to your PC. And there's a whole conversation of, is like, it even worth it because it's not really viable now? So it's impressive technology. It just, people are wondering if it's at the point where it makes sense to have it in a console because... It's not even really viable on high-end PCs right now. so. But we'll get to that. A lot of stuff to dive in through here. Uh, the AMD chip uh, that we were just talking about will have a unit for 3D audio, as Jordan mentioned. Uh, and Cerny specifically yep. called out the lack of audio upgrades from PS3 to PS4. Uh, for yes. those unfamiliar, Xbox One uh, currently has support for Dolby Atmos audio, but PlayStation 4 doesn't. So, yeah. Can I say something real quick here, Jared? Yeah, go ahead. Jump in. Just that this is really not something that most people care about, but it's it's pretty important to me. And not only the 3D audio, but high-definition audio, which you would think, like, I mean, we're playing games in 4K. We're playing games at 1080p. Like, of course, the audio is going to be good. Like, I just played uh, or am playing Borderlands pre-sequel, and the cutscenes... The audio is so garbage. It's it's trash lit on fire turned into wet garbage. Like, it's so fucking bad. 
and it's really really compressed and I understand that that's a remaster but still it's ridiculous I mean there's plenty of games um, can't think of an example off the top of my head of anything I've played recently but there are certainly games I've played that were built for this generation PlayStation 4 with really poor audio quality high compression and and artifacting and all that and when we're you know spending a chunk of a hundred gigabytes to install Red Dead or Halo 5 whatever it may be I definitely think that we should be able to access high quality audio at the very least and then you know moving on to like 3d audio ray tracing audio stuff is really cool but um, the Atmos stuff is really cool but um, just even high definition audio would be nice and I'm glad to hear that that is um, something because as we move on in the generations there are just certain things that need to become a standard and I think that's what Cerny is saying here is like it's kind of weird that we didn't implement this more from PS3 to PS4 because you know that's it's high quality audio has been around for quite some time and it's evolved quite a bit but I think that it certainly could have been uh, something that we could have been experiencing already yeah. Um, so I'm glad to see we're at least getting around to that now. And the thing is, it's a type of feature that there are audiophiles like you who desperately want this and will understand how bad it was before and how good it will be. And for people yes. who don't really care about that, it still is a great improvement because they'll, they won't know it was an upgrade, but they'll understand the benefits of like, oh, the audio is great in right. this game, you know? So it's, it's really the cool. The thing is, people don't realize about that when talking about 4K or whatever, like higher quality fidelity whether it be visual or audio is good whether you notice it or not yeah because if you get used to it and then you go back down grade it you'll really notice it and you'll realize how much you appreciate you know the better quality and um also you're just gonna you're level of enjoyment of the experience will be higher without you even realizing it but that's still a good thing right yeah because you know, you're more immersed in it you're more you're enjoying the experience more you may not recognize that step up that you know two to five point step up however you want to quantify it but it's like it's still going to improve upon it so you still want that there um this next feature we're going to talk about I'm excited for, and I think it's going to be very promising, but I think the specific information, they, the way they decided to debut it made it a lot more hyperbolic than what I think it will be. So that being, uh, the it'll feature an internal SSD, which is awesome. Yeah. The main selling point will be faster loading times, which is also awesome. Uh, the way they showcased this is they had a demo for Spider-Man on PS4. They did a loading screen. It took 15 seconds. They did the same thing on the dev kit unit for their... We're, we're also it's a PS5. Just call it the PS5. And that loading time was shrunk down to 0.8 seconds, which is incredible, right? It's 14.2 seconds gone, shaved off, Yeah. Um, yeah. which is awesome. Basically, I, at that point, it's just showing you a logo and then you're there. It's not even a loading screen at that point. It's exactly. like fading to black almost. And the thing is, like, though Spider-Man is a very impressive game, it is a PS4 game, so... With the the PS5, you'll be able to play Spider-Man and get these loading times, but don't necessarily assume that like Horizon 2 is going to have that quick of loading times. Not to say that they're not going to have fast loading times, right, that you're used to, but the 14 seconds or 15 seconds to 0.8, I think is misunderstood in terms of what you'll be getting out of PS5 titles. You know what I'm saying? 
because they're going to be pushing yeah, the hardware. It's still more. important to note that he, uh, Mark Cerny, mentions the um, like I guess unlimited bandwidth yeah. uh, that the SSD has, which is uh, important. He kind of makes an offhand comment himself about how he has an SSD in his laptop, but there's still slowdown times. You know, like yeah, certain. It's one of those things like where it has a lot of nitty gritty. Uh, solid state drives. There are a lot of there is a lot of nitty gritty to it, where like you can be getting. Uh, an expensive solid state drive that isn't necessarily going to improve things or actually give you a great experience. So it did seem like at least because we know that Cerny is an OG and that he actually knows what's up and is um, when it comes to the tech, he knows what's up for real. So um, it's interesting that he noted like, hey, by the way, guys, I know that not all SSDs are created equally. This is one of those ones that were actually you know, putting some firepower under. So well, I see I what really appreciate I that. see what Jared's saying. We're basically like a PS4 game isn't going to be pushing as much data as a PS5 game potentially, right? So yeah, there's that. But yeah. still, an SSD is like at a least huge yeah, step up, incredibly faster than an H yeah. uh, a hard disk drive, right? So it's going to be a crazy improvement. But uh, yeah, this is a controlled demo on a PS4 game. So yeah, it might I'm, not be quite as dramatic as they described. I'm not bashing I, Sony for this. I'm just talking about people's expectations because sure, you're going to sure. get a PS5, you're going to start loading up Horizon uh, Zero Dawn 2 or whatever, and the loading time is going to be like six seconds, right? Or five seconds or whatever. Maybe shorter, maybe a little I'm bit longer. Still... But people are like, oh, this wasn't 0.8 seconds. They lied. You know, it's like, that's not necessarily what sure. they're saying. So, yeah. I'm still hopeful that we could be experiencing a uh, like cut in half looking at loading times in general because, I'm fine with that um, <laughs> I don't need it yeah, all the way that's down awesome yeah. <laughs> because for big open world games specifically when you're initially loading into the world as you boot your console up for the day or whatever there a lot of times there's an initial loading time of a minute or more uh, which are three is a good example um, these big games where you're going Skyrim into Grand Theft Auto Jesus like you're going to wait for a while before you get that initial jump. And then if you die, it's not going to be the longest loading time, but still, um, I'm hoping that we can cut those in half to where it's like 30 seconds to get into the world as opposed to a minute, minute 15. Well, yeah, that would be cool. I'm excited for just the idea that, um, I think the reason he brought up his example of an SSD in his laptop was, um, applications now aren't designed with specific types of hard drives or SSDs in mind. Right. And that's why yeah. the, if you put an SSD in your PS4 today, you're not going to get that same loading time on Spider-Man he just described, right? Exactly. Because when it's, it's all optimized. designed and optimized with that you know, in mind, um, and even parts of the gameplay, I think they brought this up a little bit, that we don't even think of, like not just loading times, but like being able to just move data more efficiently than before, like can Absolutely. affect gameplay differently when it's designed Absolutely. with that in mind. Yeah. Right? So that's I, I kind of a cool up, part. I um, brought input lag recently. Yeah, that the, and so the big thing know. with the big thing with like the fifteen seconds if being your processing re- power is faster. I think it could help input lag possibly. But yeah, the the reduction in the fifteen seconds to point eight seconds. All three of us understand that they're pushing for way faster load times. I just I think there's a a, a group of people who are like, oh, that means that you know when you know <laughs> Horizon Zero Dawn two comes out, there's going to be like almost seamless loading times. It's like you have no, to understand no, that no. what they're saying by this is that the SSD allows for way faster loading times to your point jordan my the peak of what i expect for loading times in terms of next gen is i hope they're cut in half that would be that's all i need you know what i mean you look at the situation being let's say from a minute 
down to 30 seconds and that you know a minute to 30 seconds what's the big difference that's 30 seconds of your life but it, you play as many games as we do you watch as many loading Adds screens up. as we do you play games for as long as we do you know 40 plus All hours that time. in one yep. single game you add that up at the end of the year that is hours of your life and several years down the road that's days of your life you know it's like there are build ups here and um, that makes a big difference literally at the end of the day at the end of the year you know so lastly Cerny hinted at Death Stranding being a cross gen title which I thought was interesting um he they basically almost asked didn't him, even hint. He almost just like, like, smirked, like straight hey, up hey. came out and said it. <laughs> yeah, he was ready to go. Uh, which isn't surprising. We assume that Last of Us Part Two, uh, this uh, Death Stranding, and possibly Ghosts of Tsushima, Ghosts of Tsushima, said ten times fast, uh, will all be cross-gen titles in oh, some capacity. Um, oh yeah, which reminds me, that's uh, Todd Howard kind of like had the same sort of comment and weird smirk like after like they revealed. Uh, Fallout 76 in some interview, like they asked him about that for Starfield and Elder Scrolls 6, right? And about which generation he kind of said, like, eh, you know, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of the same. Clearly, yeah. If we get these consoles in 2020, both of those games are next gen titles. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Cyberpunk could possibly be a cross gen title, uh, depends on when that releases. Um, so I have two big questions for you guys, but first I want to talk about the comparison real quick. So earlier this year, we had the leak, um, actually in January about the supposed Xbox Lockhart, which is the traditional console, and the Anaconda, uh, which is the big boy. And the big boy isn't... The big boy... So apparently the rumor is $500, and I'll get into the specs after I talk about Lockhart. So Lockhart, 250 I'm comparing this to the PS5, and this is all rumored. Obviously, the PS5 are actually actual details. This is all rumor. So this traditional console, 250 is supposed to pack an 8-core CPU, just like the PS5, uh, four teraflop GPU. That one is tough co- to compare because we don't know the teraflops in the PS5 GPU. Um, 12 gigs of RAM. Also, we don't know how much RAM is in the PS5. And one terabyte SSD. So that means that that's also going to have an SSD. We're assuming they he didn't say how big the SSD was going to be, right? But we're assuming one terabyte. Yeah, I would assume it can't uh... be less than that. I really right. s- it won't be less than that. It won't be less than that, but yeah. I'd like it to be even bigger. You know? Especially if this is if Xbox is willing to put this out at 250 with one terabyte, you're like, well, maybe that means that the bigger boys for both PS5 and Xbox could be beefier. Um, and the other thing is that it'll have DirectX ray tracing support, obviously just like the PS5. So those two consoles are very similar. Obviously, the PS5 in general is more powerful, we'd assume. Obviously, we don't have all the details. Um... And then the Anaconda, which is the beefier model, it moves up from a 4-teraflop GPU uh, to a 12-teraflop. Um, for reference, the PS5, people are speculating it's going to be anywhere between 6 and 8. Um, they're saying probably closer to 8. Um, who knows? Like we said, we don't have any official numbers on that. And it's going to have 16 gigabytes of RAM as opposed to the 250's 12 gigabytes of RAM. Um, I just thought it's interesting to compare those because... Uh, like I was telling you guys before the podcast, if the Lockhart comes in at 250 which is a crazy price for a new console, and that's, that's the one part of this I really don't believe. Um, and it's similar to the PS5 in terms of power, in terms of so, the stuff it supports for developers. Obviously, it won't be as powerful as the PS5. And they have that at such a low entry point. And then they have the Anaconda at 500 It's going to be interesting to see how these two platforms handle launch and how successful they are because... 
what I'm going to get to now with the SSD being in the PS5 and the ray tracing, what's the price going to be? People assume it's going to be an expensive beef boy with the PS5. People are assuming <laughs> expect 500 hope for 400, right? Like 400 is probably the cheapest we can expect for the PS4. Um, a PS5, sorry. Um, it's the pricing variation. The fact that Xbox might have a direct competitor with the PS5 and a cheaper version that's just like, from what we know, Xbox's powerful console will be more powerful than the PS5, and their lower end console will be a little bit weaker than the PS5. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, right? Because they, mean, it's not directly. They're just in different positions, right? I don't yeah. think there'll be too much parity. I think it'll be uh, similar to what we saw with Pro and X, where like, they're you can tell like it seems like they almost the two companies followed like the same had the same cost and everything. It's like the Pro came out at four hundred, X came out yeah. at five hundred with a good step more powerful, right? And be, and that's because they're both buying all their shit from AMD, and they're both buying their memory from someone else, and they're both buying their hard drives from someone else. So it's like. There's not going to be too much parity in how much they're able to drive the price down versus what is in it, just yeah. because all the parts come from other places. So I mean, you'll see differences in power, but I think the prices will kind of line up more, unless someone decides they want to take a huge loss and sell these things. I at guess a loss. then it's you know. My one point to that is like when next gen comes around, if there's two five hundred dollar consoles and then one two fifty three hundred dollar one, it's a lot easier for people to get into next gen with that cheaper of a model. So I'm interested Definitely. to see how that plays out, you know, mm-hmm. because there will be Xbox will have these two SKUs and different entry points for different people because not everyone really cares about the most powerful console. They just want to be able to have the console that can play the games that are coming out next year. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm more curious about. I agree with you. It's not they're not going to be the I think the Xbox will be more powerful than the PS5, but it won't be drastically different. It's the the cheaper one that is going to be the head scratcher in terms of how it performs in comparison to those two because the two beefier ones they're they're just they're stronger but they're just like any other console launch we've seen right they kind of come out of the same kind of specs relatively there's never been a cheaper version of one of those two at launch as well that's usually a mid-generation refresh i'd say i'm I'm like a hundred percent i would get like i would almost guarantee like there's not going to be two new um xbox two skews or whatever like like i just don't see that happening i think your lower end skew is going to be your streaming only box or whatever your hundred dollar you know roku style xbox thing I, I just don't see them launching especially with two different skews like they have now with one and one x that seems crazy i don't know if it's that crazy though it's i mean has that ever happened no but to quote you dom oh, nothing's yeah. happened oh, yeah. until it happens, happens. <laughs> until it happens. Yeah. hey baby we fucking you we you had two SKUs at launch? Yeah, with different uh-huh. storages or something, right? They weren't different. Dude, it was weird. You're, you're you technically right, one. but that's not what I meant. <laughs> you you know, got like a black me. one, you got like a, a 10% discount on the store and shit. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, you are right. Yeah, I usually guess. I would say at launch, Dom, if there was a difference, it would be in storage. Right. Because um, I think there were multiple PS3s, right? With different storage. Yeah, I, I think all I the just same fat PS3, but it's like a twenty or sixty or a hundred gig. Right. Yeah, right. I think his point though is just like a, a, a drastically different system. Because like to your point, Jordan's right. like, 
yeah, I'm buy, paying more for more memory. I'm not paying less or paying right. more for an entirely different standard of performance and hardware, you know? Sure. The other reason really I think that is because you, we also had something unique lately, which was the X and the Pro. So you still will have the X out there trying to sell that. And that might be what becomes your lower-end skew, right? Yeah, I, that's obviously all of these are rumors. There's the rumor that they're right. launching with two SKUs. There's the rumor that one of them might be streaming. There's the rumor that it's actually a traditional console. We don't know. The cool thing is the PlayStation 5 stuff is confirmed with all of the stuff Mark Cerny said. The Xbox yeah. stuff is still up in the air until E3. I just thought it was an interesting conversation in terms of the insides of these consoles. The one thing I want to talk about really quick before we close out is, you know, people are wondering why they announced this information this way and what does it mean for the full reveal event. Um, in terms of them, earlier we talked about how they accelerated the, the deployment of the dev kits. Obviously, the more dev kits you have out there, the more probability you have of information leaking about the dev kits. Sure. So uh, somebody made a funny joke on Twitter that they wanted to reveal this information before Jason Schreier did on Kotaku. Yeah. So uh, makes sense. For my personal opinion, that I, you know, I, this isn't this is based in some stuff, but obviously take it with a grain of salt. Is I think this means that. We're definitely not hearing about the PS5 again this year. Um, I just think that they wanted to be—they wanted to get their information out before the big Xbox event and all that stuff. And because here's the thing: if, if Xbox at E3 announces a, a, a beef boy that's more powerful—that—that's more powerful than the PS5, right? And they announce it at E3, and then afterwards we hear the specs about the PS5, and it's weaker than the Xbox. That's a bad wave of news for PlayStation, right? But if they get this information out before. <coughs> And then Xbox comes out and says they have a more powerful console. I don't think it's as strong of a hit because that conversation will happen at E3 and it'll die out months afterwards. Whereas if Xbox goes first and then PlayStation does, we don't know when PlayStation will make that announcement. You know what I mean? I, I think it's a smarter Absolutely. move. They probably assume that their console might be slightly weaker than Xbox's. So I think they want to just get out of the it's, way and get that information out first. I think it's smart. It's like when... Um they weren't going to talk about PS4 Pro at E3, so Andy House did an interview with like International Business Times or whatever yeah. the day before E3, just talking about the PS4 Pro, just like Mark Cerny was talking about PS5. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think PS5, the reveal of it, happens this year. Just real quick, what do you guys think? You think it happens this year? Like the full reveal with well, the... They, because, uh, I mean, like, you, what full you reveal... Sacrifice... Because what you sacrifice when you start talking about your next thing, right, is sales on your current thing. Yeah. So I think you're right. I think they they kind of probably said what they said kind of as a, trying to position themselves how they want against Xbox and whatever they're about to say. And and I don't know that any of that matters too much personally, but that's probably there's probably some deep strategy there where they thought it was smart. But, yeah, I doubt they say too much more because then you stop selling – you start selling less PS4s as a result of it and, like – I don't know, especially when you it's not coming out this year, for sure. Well, especially with them not being at E3, I think that's a big thing, too, of, like, if we're not going to be at E3, when are we going to talk about this stuff, you know? I mean, yeah. I know what you say, what you mean when you say full reveal, Jared, but this, I was surprised at how much of a reveal this was. Yeah, valid. I yeah. thought that they were going to dick around and just be like, yeah, it plays PlayStation games, and there's an X button and a triangle button, like, um... I was surprised at how much they did reveal and how much we know at this point. I mean, we've got a really solid idea of what we're going to be looking at with PlayStation 5, and then the rest is going to be like um, 
not all bells and whistles. There's still more important stuff to iron out the details on, but a lot of it will be bells and whistles. At this the point. the Plus only they thing they gave us a little bit of they gave us a little bit of faith back in them, because um, I mean we have been we've been shitting on them for a while. Like oh they don't want crossplay, you know they're not they're not gamers first. Not <laughs> yeah. to say that they I'm not ready to say they fully are anyway, but at least them saying like yeah this it's going to be backwards compatible and PSVR units are going to be forwards compatible with this thing too like that gives a little bit of faith that okay they are at least doing some things that are more consumer friendly that they might not you have know, done in the past right yeah the, this is the first like mildly positive conversation i've had about playstation <laughs> in months at this point. exactly yeah exactly almost yeah. a year so yeah they, that means it worked right um the only yeah. two bits of information we didn't have specifically that I wish we had is the amount of RAM. We don't know that. And um, how big yeah, the SSD sure. is. Those aren't, like, super important. I just, like, those have been, like, sprinkling on the information they gave us. But Yeah, and the thing about SSDs is if they are, like, making a badass one, which it sounds like they're doing, like, that is going to be expensive. So <clears throat> we're probably going to get... Oh, that's a weird thing. We're probably going to get, like... No more than a terabyte, right? And yeah. usually in PlayStation, PS3, PS4, you can upgrade your hard drive really easily. So could you upgrade to a non-SSD, a disk-based, a disk-based laptop drive? I doubt it. Know, just like sl- sacrifice load times? Uh, knowing Sony, probably not. Cause so they, they require but... different amounts of power drain and... Uh, there's just different yeah. things to consider when you go in that direction that I would doubt right. it. I totally agree. I'm just thinking it's weird that we don't know how you're going to be able to upgrade your hard drive in PS4. Hey, man, yeah. it might be a proprietary SSD that you can only buy variants from Sony, like the Vita memory cards. God. Fuck. Don't rule no, that's it out. The thing is, like, with, with that, we're going to close the show. Up with their home <laughs> consoles. So it'd be, we knew how we were going to upgrade our hard drives walking from PS3 into PS4, and we don't, so that's just interesting. To me. Yeah, it's a good point. I didn't think about that. Um, that's it for this week's show in terms of what we're going to be playing. Katana Zero for me. I want to get past oh, this yeah. boss. This is the next boss you're going to face, Dom. N- not chronologically. What I meant to say, this isn't the next boss you're going to face. This is the next boss you're going to face that's going to be as annoying as Genichiro that I'm currently on. It's Genichiro? it's a doozy. It's a, it's a really cool, compelling boss fight. just frustrating in a good way. Uh, Katana Zero, what was the other thing? Reigns Game of Thrones. I'm going to hop back in that. There's nice. I don't know if I mentioned, I said you unlock characters. There's nine total. So I don't know who the last four are. I can make assumptions, but... I'm interested to see who they are. Um, it's pretty much it for me. Game of Thrones, obviously. We, we, all of us are. I don't know if Tom's going, but Jordan and I will we'll have seen Avengers Endgame by the time we record next week because oh, we're recording God, a day later. I so. forgot. Can we just can we just talk spoilers, Dom? Do we have to wait for you? Yeah, I don't give a fuck. I, to be honest, I consider looking okay. up those leaks. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus Christ, you're disgusting. You disgust me. I mean, I'm not going to spoil Jared, it for you, but I know. You're you a, real quick cheaper Jared, than going, you to, see going to see Avengers at uh, what time? Six o'clock for you. Six o'clock, which would be like eight o'clock for me. Yeah. Um, which is still like you'll be probably kind of getting done with your uh, showing as I'm entering mine. So. Um, as soon as I'm done, we'll be able to talk about that shit. Hell yeah. Um, I can't wait. I've been dodging... Sp- oh, those spoilers, Dom, are awful. I don't, I'm don't. trying to avoid them as much as I can. I hope the same thing happens for Star Wars Episode Nine, Dom. So you can see how it feels. 
Oh my oh, goodness. I'll just stay that away from everything. Yeah. Hardcore spite right there. I, I, it sounded very volatile. I didn't mean for it to come off that way. Hard it probably will spite, happen. Though. Yeah, Spitting yeah. Venom Jared over uh, here. That's pretty much it for me. Dom, what are you going to be doing? Sekiro? Sekiro. 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 Uh, Jordan, you're going to play pre sequel or are you going to be reading that Deep trilogy? Um, the Night Angel trilogy. Night Angel trilogy. I couldn't remember the name, but I knew it was about um, thieves and like assassins and stuff. So it's the Way of Shadows, Shadows Edge, and Beyond the Shadows. Ooh, it's funny because uh, Shadows it, Die Twice seems like it could fit in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I might read some more Way of Shadows. I'll certainly be reading more comic books, magazines. Um. And then I'll probably, I'll definitely be hopping back into video games because we've got Katana Zero, like I said, preloaded, ready to go. I thought that I was going to be able to play it, you know, at 11 p.m. tonight. Little did I know, I've been wasting time already. So as soon as we get done here, I'm breaking out that speech. And um, Real quick, apparently people couldn't even play it at midnight last night because of all of the server issues and stuff tied with the Smash update in 3.0. Oh, I had. I didn't yeah, know if that was a thing. Yeah. Wow. So, get it together, Nintendo. But yeah, <laughs> definitely some Katana Zero, and might be meddling around with some of the other games I've been fucking with recently. <sighs> Five episodes left. It's gonna be heartbreaking. Season two, baby. Um. That's it for the show. If you can, please follow season us. Season two, episode two. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, I think people. Yeah, I was. I, I thought you said season two. I was like, ah, maybe I misheard him. Um, if yeah, you can, Clash of Kings time. Here we go. Yeah, boy. Uh, if you can, please follow us on iTunes. Leave us a review. Um, the more reviews we have, the higher up we move in the algorithm, so people can see our podcast. So it definitely helps, especially with the amount of podcasts that are out there. Everybody has a podcast. I mean, we do. Um, yeah, if you can follow us there. Leave a review. I don't even think you need to really type anything out. I think people get worried when you are asked to leave a review that you have to type out some novel. I think just you can rate it, which is good enough. Um, YouTube, search controlled interests will pop up. Subscribe there. Hit the bell notification to know when we upload new videos. Like the videos too. That definitely helps as well. On Twitter, you can follow us at CTRLINT. That's controlled interests abbreviated. Tweeting out all of our videos and such. You can follow Dom at Dom's Oreos. You can follow Jordan at Mellow Modus. And you can follow me at Jared underscore. We'll catch you guys next week when we're talking about uh, more Sekiro and Endgame. We'll be tiptoeing around them spoilers. Catch you guys (laughs) next time.